0: hi welcome to episode four of coffee cake and kegels this episode is titled wait the sky is falling nope it's just my vagina when i say i know a lot about vaginas i mean it Knowledge is truly power, and in my case, knowledge saved my mental and emotional well-being. At 37 years old, after I delivered my daughter, I developed something called pelvic organ prolapse. So I'm going to explain what that is. Pelvic organ prolapse is when the muscles and tissues that support the pelvic floor and and the organs that whole space in that area the uterus bladder rectum those tissues become weak and or loose and then the organs can descend into the actual vagina and it can lead to a whole host of problems um urinary incontinence fecal incontinence um discomfort which i'll get to later So anyway, getting back to me realizing this, so my daughter was four weeks old and, you know, I wanted to kind of like check out the damage down there, you know, like check out the battleground and see how many fatalities there were. She was my second child and my son was nine pounds, five ounces. And I had a lot of stitches after having him so... You know, I just had to know kind of what it felt like around there. (laughs) So I went to the shower and I was investigating the area and I felt a ball. Yes, a ball descending about a quarter inch outside of my vagina. Panic set in. I cannot even explain to you what went through my head. I was thinking they left something in there something else was coming out that should have maybe came out four weeks ago. So I wound up calling my OBGYN and she was so nonchalant. She's like, Stace, everything's going to be fine. I'll see you in two weeks. It's probably your cervix. And I was thinking, what? My cervix? And she's like, "Yeah, it's common. Don't worry about it." So I mean, what did I do? Um, Google, of course. And can I tell you, never Google? Because when I read about pelvic organ prolapse, and I'm going to just call it pop, POP. So when I was reading about it, it was like horror stories, horror stories that I would never be able to have enjoyable sex again, you know, as if kids don't completely ruin your sex life to begin with. I really thought I would never be able to continue being a fitness instructor. I would urinate on myself and leak poop. I literally felt my heart crumble. Who wouldn't? You know, I'm like, great, I better, while I go out to the store to buy diapers for my daughter, I better get some diapers for myself. I was devastated. I honestly became extremely depressed and it, be, it was the onset of my postpartum depression. My mother told me, you know, oh, life could be worse, Stacy, And that's the worst thing you could ever say to somebody, by the way, to anything that they're going through completely minimizes what they're going through, you know, in any regard. So I was just really, you know, that's not something you want to hear especially when you're 37, you know, I wasn't 67 and reading that my life was over. I was 37. So, you know, of course I knew that my life wasn't over, but I felt hopeless, no sex, no exercise. And let's keep in mind, if you listen to the last podcast, I was, you know, a disordered eater. So telling a disordered eater Who is a binger and restrictor that they can't exercise was like driving a dagger into my heart. Um, So, this is how the internet portrayed POP doom and gloom scenarios. So, the good thing the internet did do was it directed me to a Facebook group for women with pop. Who knew? You know, that there was a support group out there for women who had broken vaginas, right? So I did join the group and I was greeted by amazing women and they were from all over the world. They lifted me up literally because when I went in that group, the first thing I said was, I hate my life, my vagina's broken, I wanna have surgery within six months. Because, of course, I read on Google that the soonest you could have surgery for pelvic organ prolapse was six months postpartum. And women encouraged me to just stay calm, you know, educate myself and not worry about six months from now. They were like, Stacy, just get through today and tomorrow will be here for you to get through tomorrow. And, you know, it really helped me so much. So some things I learned from them, you know, so, and I'll, I'll, you know, obviously educate you as well, who gets pop? So one in five women in the United States get POP. And what causes it? childbirth, um, especially if the labors are long and really difficult, long-term pressure in the abdomen, so um, people who are smokers and have chronic coughs, Um, people who have a very difficult time going to the bathroom and constantly strain, Um, age also because hormonal changes occur and women lose estrogen. So everything kind of loosens down there. Family history, of course, plays a role. And if any men are listening, you're not exempt. Men get this too. So, you know, just saying. So what are the symptoms of, you know, pelvic organ prolapse? The symptoms really vary for, from women you know woman to woman. and um, in that support group I was in, there were so many different um, symptoms for women. Across the board, we do have similar ones, but you know some are more severe than others. Um, so for instance, you can feel or see a bulge at the opening of your vagina as I felt mine, and then, of course, I did snap pictures, and yes, I did send them to my sisters, and I wanted to share, you know, I wanted them to share my horror, so, um, yeah, I snapped pictures of my vag and sent them to my sisters. <clears throat> um, you can have a lot of pressure or discomfort in, you know, in your pelvic area, You can also have a very, like a dragging sensation. So it always feels like something is like weighing you down in a sense. You can feel a fullness in your vagina um, during exercise, especially sex, even. um, You may feel that during sex. Sex can be painful, which it was for me after having my daughter for a couple of months. You can leak urine and, um, if you ever want to wear a tampon again, kiss it goodbye because it can't stay in because everything is pushing it right out. So, um, that's, those are the symptoms of, you know, pelvic organ prolapse. So joining that group on Facebook really helped me. And it's still to this day, helping thousands of women. It really made me realize I wasn't alone in this. And They educated me so much. They have all different files on the page that anything, any questions you, you, you know, you had, they had answers to, and it was really awesome, you know, so I wound up becoming a vagina connoisseur. So when I said at the beginning of this, when I say I know a lot about vaginas, I really do. (laughs) Um, but a few other things, you know. I did, you know, I do always try to educate women on anything regarding women's health. And I want to also talk about how women's health is really not always taken so seriously. So, for example, a lot of gynecologists, not all, but a lot of them don't even know how to treat pelvic organ prolapse. It's really not in their area of expertise. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how could that be? They deliver babies. Hello, they are doctors of the vagina and reproductive organs. But they really don't know the inner workings of the pelvic floor itself. A urogynecologist, which is a urologist-gynecologist combo, they are the connoisseur's of the vagina, because they not only know the reproductive organs, but they also know the organs that are taking up space with the reproductive organs. There's only about three inches of space that contain the uterus, bladder, and the bowel. Crazy, right? Like, I wonder what God was thinking when he did that, you know, like, dude, we need more space down there. (laughs) It's not enough room. So needless to say, I went to um, another gynecologist. Mine had, um, she had, you know, up and left her practice. She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, So I went to a male gynecologist, actually not too long ago. And when I was sitting in his, you know, office for consultation, he had said to me that I couldn't have pelvic organ prolapse because I was too young and he would never, ever prescribe me a pessary, which I'll get to in a minute. And I just looked at him and I said, um, you are completely wrong about what you're telling me. I can totally have a pessary. And the fact that you're telling me this, you're denying me proper care. And he just looked at me and he said, well, in all my years, no young women have pelvic organ prolapse. Only old women get it. So that's a huge misconception. And back to what I was saying, how men, not men, but some gynecologists, even women, female gynecologists have done this as well, will tell you, you know, will spew misconceptions out at you that are not even true and completely wrong. And you know, make you make women who are uneducated about this leave their office crying, because that's what happens, and that's what happened to so many people in that Facebook group that I wound up meeting through this journey. So, what are this, what are the treatments for pelvic organ prolapse? There are a few things you can do. The first one you just heard me mention a little while ago, and that's a pessary. Pessaries have been around since medieval times, okay. And the fact alone that they don't have like surefire ways to, you know, to correct pelvic organ prolapse at this point in time is pretty pathetic. But then again, we're talking about women's health, right? If this was a man, you know, a men's health issue, and it was really, really prevalent, there would be some kind of fix for it. You know let's get real so a pessary is a device it's silicone um it's placed inside the vagina and it helps hold up the organs i tried one i personally did not like it it was really difficult to get in um turns out i had the wrong one there are many different forms depending on what kind of prolapse you have you know, so you, if your uterus is um, prolapse, there's a certain kind of pessary for that. If your bladder's prolapse, there's a certain kind of pessary for that. If you have a rect, you know rectal prolapse, um, there's a certain kind of prolapse uh, pessary. I'm sorry for that. So you know, there's so many different kinds, and you know, you I I didn't know that either. I just thought there was one kind. And when I went to the gynecologist and she fitted me for one, it was the wrong one. And it was circular in shape like a ring. Trying to get it in was a nightmare. It kept slipping out of my hands, flying into the air. It actually flew into the garbage pail. And you know, I said, screw that, it could stay there. It was the most difficult thing to put in and it was not comfortable for me. There are many women who do wear them. Older women get them inserted by the doctor and have them removed monthly by the doctor. But like I said, I was 37 and I was not having that because, you know, well, you know, other things are obviously going on down there in those 30 days that I don't want to have something in there for all that time. The next thing that women can do is go for pelvic floor therapy which is really something that I had never even heard of. Who knew? You know, therapy for the vagina, who knew? So I wound up finding a physiotherapist and that was her specialty. And she really helped me tremendously. She helped me re-strengthen my pelvic floor. She helped me work on tight spots that were actually causing a lot of my discomfort. Because after a woman has a baby, and I'm sure women who are listening who've had children know this, you know, if we rip or tear, um, and then we have it sewn, you know, if we have an episiot- or we have an episiotomy, regardless of we have stitches and those stitches, like all the nerves wind up getting like intertwined and their connections are kind of off, so we may have sensations down there that will cause discomfort, pain, almost like a burning feeling, and that's tightness. Um, so a pelvic you know, floor physiotherapist can really help with that, and I really am so grateful to the woman I went to who had pelvic organ prolapse herself, and that's why she got into you know, that whole area. The next thing you can do, and it's I say this it's the last resort is surgery surgery I mean aside from pelvic floor exercises, but I kind of lump that into the physical therapy, but there are exercises you can do that um, will strengthen that whole pelvic area, but the last resort is surgery and You know i say that as a last resort because so many pelvic floor surgeries are done incorrectly by gynecologists um you know make sure you listen to that again (laughs) they're done incorrectly by gynecologists they're not the connoisseurs guys i told you the euro gynecologists are so basically a lot of these surgeries are done incorrectly um This is the whole thing with the mesh lawsuits and everything. So a lot of women I know from that group have had mesh surgeries done and are fine. They had the mesh done by the proper doctors. So, you know, that makes a big difference too, you know, Um, and it's your body and I'm not going to tell you what to do. But a lot of times these surgeries also fail, even if it's done by a urogynecologist because it's such a sensitive area. I told you it's only three inches big and it's really intricate. And there's so many ligaments and and nerve endings and everything. So a lot of times these surgeries do fail and you do have life restrictions, you know? I mean, after having POP, I don't carry anything more than 20 pounds. I don't do vigorous workouts anymore. I will never, ever think of running, especially as if exercise, you know, running. Um, I really don't do crunches. There are certain things you just shouldn't do because they put pressure on the abdominal wall, which then puts pressure on the pelvic floor. So, you know, especially after surgery, I believe the the lifting, you know, lifting limit is like 10 to 15 pounds. So if you're young and you have pelvic organ prolapse and you want to have another child, I mean, realistically, it's not worth it to have surgery until you're done having children, you know, and you really have gone the longest amount of time you could in discomfort if you're feeling that much pain. So back to the women in my Facebook group, some of them really were in tremendous amounts of pain. You know, some of them really couldn't function on a daily basis. And of course, during the, you know, your menstrual cycle, symptoms worsen. So, or can worsen, I should say, because like I said, everybody is different. So, um, you know, I hope you kind of learn something from this and know that you're not alone. You know, it's a common thing. It's not talked about. People don't want to talk about it. And, you know, when it comes to women's health, we really need to be more proactive and concerned, you know, about ourselves and other women and what we know and what we need to know. Because no one else is really saying it. So if you have any more questions or, you know, anything about this topic, um, you could always call the International Urogynecology Association at 202-733-3234, or you can call the Pelvic Floor Disorders Network at 919-541-6271. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.